Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. So in, in coming in tonight uh, and praying about this, I've been praying for a couple of months about coming in here and what did I have a sense that the Lord wanted to say to this particular group of people? And the Lord's given me a message tonight entitled, A Mosaic of Faith. How many of you know what a mosaic is? It's a bunch of broken pieces of glass that are put together and create a picture. How many of you know what a person who does mosaics are called, what their, their professional name is? It's, it's a mosaicist. That's a true statement. It's a mosaicist. You've learned something tonight. You can say, well, I went to church tonight and I talked about, that nut talked about mosaics and he said a mosaicist. But they take, and I, I love these things, but they, they take all these pieces of, of glass and that kind of thing and they put, put them together. And so we're gonna, we're gonna talk for a few minutes tonight about a, a mosaic of faith. There's uh, three, four events that have brought me to the point of this message. And I want to share them with you before we go to Scripture. The, this convergence of some events that have happened in my life over the last six months have caused me to have this, this picture of a mosaic of faith. The first event was this. It was about six months ago I was with my dad in, uh, at, at his lake house in, in Ashdown, Arkansas. And whenever I was sitting with him, he t told me that he, we were just talking about, about the goodness of God and thankful for the Lord. And my mom and dad have been pastors for many years, and I've been raised in church. I was born on Sunday, and the next Sunday I was in church. And the only way that I didn't go to church is if I fake sick. But if I fake sick, I couldn't watch TV or anything else. They made it horrible, right? I mean, many of you remember that Sunday morning, Sunday night. And so, but we were sitting there. My dad was talking about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And as he talked about it, he said, Dave, you remember the first church I pastored? It was in Emerson, Arkansas, and the name of the church was Canaanland, Arkansas. Canaanland Assembly of God in Emerson, Arkansas, in the middle of God-forsaken nowhere, Arkansas. I was six years old, seven years old at that location. I'm 59 years old, so that was 52, 53 years ago. My dad took his first church in 1968, and in that church, he would preach on the faithfulness of God. And he would preach on the word of God and that Jesus changes people's lives and the word of God is true and the word of God, if you'll live by the word of God, it'll be, it'll be true for your whole life and you'll live it out. And well, 50 years later on the 50th anniversary of that particular church and a celebration they had for a gym they built, they invited my dad to come back and preach. And my dad's telling me this. I didn't know this. And he said, whenever he went back to preach, I said, well, what'd you preach? He said, the title of my message is what I preached is true. I've come back to tell you that 50 years ago when I preached that if you'll serve Jesus with all your life and if you'll follow the word of God and obey the word of God, it is true. And I'm now an 80-year-old man and I can tell you that the faithfulness of God is true. My sons are serving the Lord. My daughter's serving the Lord. My grandkids are serving the Lord. God's been faithful to me and I just want to stand up and tell every one of you that are in this room, if you'll serve God, I want to tell you again 50 years later, if you'll serve the Lord and if you'll be faithful to the word of God and obey the word of God, it 
will work. Well, my dad said that. I'm thinking, that's an incredible moment when you can go back to where you started, walk back in 50 years later and look at everybody that's there now, gray and older and all their kids and grandkids and say, what I preached when I came the first time, I'm telling you again, it's true and it works. So that event happened. Number two was this, and they're with me here tonight, but I'm a 59-year-old man with an 11-year-old son. So you do understand when he graduates, we're praying for handicap ramps, right? I mean, now I believe I'm going to be in good health and that kind of thing, and I, I don't have any worry about that, but, and a daughter that's 14. So you begin, when you get in your 50s, you begin to evaluate everything that's around you, and you begin to evaluate the, the kids that you're raising and the wife that you're married to and the other kids that we have and grandkids and all those, and you begin to look at the cracks and the disappointments and the successes and the victories and the defeats that faith in the Lord and faith in the world, word works and that's what you want them to carry out when I'm gone. I'm hoping that they'll say and I'm hoping that whenever I'm 75 years old, I'm still coming to this church, I hope and pray and you're in that building or another building or whatever and I can stand and say, you remember whenever I came in March of 2022 and told you that there's a mosaic of faith and if you'll put these things together in the faith of the Lord that it works and God will paint a beautiful picture out of every part of your life that my kids will say whenever I'm laying in a casket, they'll be able to look over their dad's life and say he was faithful and God was true and faithful and it works. And I serve the Lord. So I had these, I've had these moments of evaluation. The third event that really just helped me to make me know about preaching this tonight is this week I came to, Christy and I flew in and Bryce flew in the other day. We came here to do our taxes. We set an appointment a year out and our ladies and, but we came out a week early cause they're in spring break. And ever I got here, we started our process of who we meet with, blah, blah, blah. And we're doing our thing. Monday morning, I go to Bowling Green, Kentucky where I pastored to meet uh, a guy there and check on a car that my car dumped me anyway. Whenever I walked, whenever we drove up to his office, he comes running out of his office and he says, Dave, have you heard? that Trey's been killed. 33 years old, married to a beautiful young lady, has a seven-year-old daughter and three kids under the age of seven. One is three weeks old. This is a young man that over the last year, I've probably spent more time of my life on the phone with this person than I have with anybody else I've ever spent on, in my life on the phone with in my career. Coaching, counseling, correcting. His wife was this big in the church in Dixon, so since five years old, four years old, this girl's been... In, in my church, in our lives, she considers, she considers like parents, your godparents, that kind of thing. I've, I've watched her, and he came back to the church, and whenever I was in Bowling Green, came back into church, one of the most incredible worship leaders you've ever heard, interject lifely, had some struggles in his personal life that tripped him up, and so over the last six to eight months, in fact, Friday night, we're sitting in the airport, and he calls, and I went, oh my God, look, Chris, it's Trey again. It's true. I'm going to say that in this funeral Friday. 
because he was so hungry to change. He was so hungry with the broken parts of his life that he wanted to get past them and stop being tripped up. I can't tell you how many things I've said to that kid that would have run any Christian in America off. I have absolutely rebuked that young man and corrected him at, at such an extreme, trying to see if I could make him quit. That's wrecked me. I find myself standing this morning in front of the mirror and just start crying while my family's waiting to leave. As a 33-year-old young man who, and pe some people say, well, God took him. Others say the devil killed him. I'll just tell you, he was going too fast on a wet road, and he hydroplane went up in the top of a tree, and he's done. I don't understand that. But what it does is it, it, it brings focus into the, the circumstances and the situations of our lives, the successes, the, the, successes, the failures, the, the broken parts, the, the parts that everybody think we are, but yet we're not really all that. It, it brings it into this thing of all these pieces that how do we take all these parts of our lives that are so fragmented Yet we're walking after the Lord in faith. So how does that work? So I just, I want to spend a few minutes there tonight just examining this. Uh, just, I'm talking out loud things that I've been meditating on. Christy, every once in a while, she'll say, Dave, are you okay? Well, I'm, I'm caught in this moment. <laughs> she'll look at me, she'll say, are you okay? I'm just trapped in these thoughts. I'm thinking I've got this part of what my dad said, and I'm moving into the place where my kids are getting older and I'm getting older. And then I've, all of a sudden I have this young man who at 33 year old is killed. and He's got a beautiful 30 year old wife with four kids from seven years old to three weeks. And why? He was just, he had made the turn. Was making that turn. Was so accountable. And I was like, God. Anyway, so all this stuff has been going. So Chris said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just, I'm kind of in this warp. So I'm sharing that with you tonight. And I believe that the Lord's given me a way of how to make it all make sense. So there's this mosaic of faith that's made up of our life's choices, events, victories, defeats, successes, failures, and people. And faith is the thing in our life that paints pictures. Faith paints pictures. So does fear. And most of the time, the picture that faith paints is completely opposite than the picture fear paints. And so how do, we, how do we go through that? Our lives are a surface decoration made by the inlayings of small pieces of life, variously covered events and reactions that form a picture of who we are or form a picture of a pattern of behavior that everybody else sees. So this mosaic, a mosaic is a surface decoration made by inlaying small pieces of variously covered material to form pictures or patterns. So if you Google mosaic and you hit images up there, you're going to see all these things. And they can be a bird in the mosaic, whatever. It can just be a design. But they're made up of all these small pieces. 
That's what our lives are. Every one of us have a life that's a picture that people see. When we walk, when we live, when we talk, what we do at work, at church, whatever. We're a picture. And that picture is made up of all the events and successes and failures and influences and people that are involved and integrated in our lives. Hebrews 11 in the Word of God is a mosaic of the story of God and faith using variously covered stories of different individuals that form a picture for us of who God is, what God does, and what God wants for us. And we see it in that chapter. We're not going to read all that chapter. I just want to start by reading Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. It says this, from the New King James, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were, are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now this whole word substance. Now faith is a substance. It's the essential nature of things hoped for, the evidence or outward sign of things not seen. James chapter 2 Verses 14 through 25 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warned and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith is made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not the Rahab the harlot who also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? And here's why I read that passage of scripture is because as you read the Word of God, the Word of God is a mosaic picture of who God is, what He has done. It's the taking of all these different pictures and parts of people's lives and events and bringing them together in a redemptive picture of God's control and His, His providence we just sang about that God has a way of taking all these remote events that are going on in people's lives or in our lives and bringing them together through faith and through our actions that create what is seen. There's all kinds of people that can tell you what they can do, but if they don't do it, you don't believe them. I've, I've had, listen, I've had all kinds of people tell me all kinds of things about what they could do, and you ask them to go pick up the, the Kleenexes in the sanctuary, and they decide that's too below because they're supposed to be on the platform to preach. 
I'll never forget in Bowling Green, this lady came up to me. She had been coming there for a while, and I mean, making all this splash. And she came up and she said, I'm supposed to preach on your platform one day. That's my platform. I'm going to preach up there. I said, sure, it'd be a cold day in Hades. I didn't know her, right? I don't know. I don't know. So we have all these things that, that go on of, of people who can say something but don't live something. So there's this mosaic of faith. Now, so what ties all of the events of your life? How many of you have had some broken places in your life? How many of you have had some failures? How many of you have had regrets? It's all right. How many of you have had wins, successes, things you're proud of, things you don't want nobody to see? <coughs> right? And all the above. We do. So in this mosaic of faith, our life, it's coming to the realization that Jesus came to die, was beaten brutally, was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, was killed on a cross, buried in a tomb, rose from the dead the third day, came back and showed himself to many on the earth at the time, rose, went back to the Father, then sent the Holy Spirit <coughs> to be in us and with us. And the reason why he did that was to change the picture of what people see in your life from the mosaic of the activities of your life. Jesus came and becomes, in a mosaic, you will see the lead that holds the pieces together. You see, Jesus is the one that can take that lead, that, that piece of brokenness and destruction in your life, and he can put it together even with his thread of his blood, with the part that success that creates a picture of all of that so that the picture they see is not your picture, but it's a picture of Jesus and what he's done in you. He creates the mosaic of faith. So what happens is, is we, when we don't put Jesus in the forefront of it, and when we don't put the Word of God in there, and we don't yield to the Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden we have these fragmented parts of our lives that we can't make sense of. But when you give it to the Lord, submit to the Word, and follow the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden they begin to put these pieces together to create a picture where people begin to see a picture, a mosaic of faith that says that person, God, has created a new creation. We try to take the broken places. We try to take the parts that we don't like and hide them. Yet those parts of brokenness and hiding that you're hiding are things that God may want to use to help somebody else who's hiding their broken parts. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and finisher of our faith, this phrase is really important, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe personally that the joy that was set before the Lord was number one, that he was obedient to his father, but number two, he was changing, and because of what he did, he could change the mosaics of people's lives from disaster to victory. He could change the picture that people saw of people of destruction on their way to hell to those that were testimonies on their way to heaven so that other people's lives who are broken could see the picture of how God's put you together by faith so they could come and have their picture changed. I believe that strongly. Jesus came to change the picture from a bunch of broken pieces to bring them all together to give a mosaic of him and what he can do in a life of broken pieces. Jesus came to give faith and build faith in people. And God loved us enough to write it down in the, in the book where we wonder why did he put Rahab in there along with whoever, Paul and all that. He put it in there to paint a picture so you could see that your picture can be changed if you'll submit to God and obey him and follow him and serve him. So what we do a lot of times is we try to hide the broken and cover it up with the pretty. But a mosaic is not built that way. A mosaic is built by all these fragmented pieces. I don't even know how they get them. I haven't done enough research of that. I'm going to. I don't know. I don't know. Where do they come? Do they just drop something down, tear up one picture to make another? No, I, I think it's both and. I think there are things that get broken that didn't mean to get broken, and then I think there's other things that we self-destruct and break on purpose. We get broken because something happens like we got our dadgum self fired, we don't even understand why they fired, and all of a sudden we break. Then there's others over here, you go cuss the boss out, you're fired. See the difference? But God can take both of them, of how you handled them through Christ and through the Word and through the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit that can bring testimony. One can say that I didn't do anything yet because of the downsizing or COVID or whatever, I got left go. But God provided, God provided, God provided, God provided. Or you have one over here whose story is I got ticked off at my boss, cussed him out, and got fired. And he could say, you know what? God broke me to where it's better that I keep my mouth shut. And I've learned to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You see the difference, the, the, the defining and the redeeming thread in that is Jesus, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit that can take this man's story and this man's story and bring redemption even though it happened in two different ways. It's the same way with abuse, it's the same way with divorce, it's the same way with whatever you want to name your story is. Most ministries that are parachurch ministries have birthed out of someone's broken place where they were willing to say, this happened to me. This is how God has changed the picture and he can change yours too. And I want to help you.
But if you never can come clean, if you never can, if you, if you want to keep shoving that part of your life into hiding, you're shoving part away that God wants to redeem that can become part of the mosaic of faith. That if you'll give it to the Lord, he can use the story so that someone else doesn't have a place where they want to hide. Because faith paints pictures. Faith sees the end result, although today you don't see the result. Right now, you don't see how that relationship's going to change, how the financial situation's going to change and all that. But faith, faith is, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's in your dependence upon the Lord and on the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and a community of faith where your faith is built and encouraged and you look back five years down the road, at 50 years down the road as my dad did and say, It works. Listen, I've seen my mom and dad fight. I saw my mom kick my dad one time in the chin with no shoes on and then laugh about how stupid that was. Seriously. My mom and dad weren't perfect. Listen, my dad whipped me all the time. He's not perfect. I didn't deserve any of those spankings. He wore my tail out with a belt. Y'all remember a belt? Like a belt, like for real, like a belt. My dad was an athlete, four-year scholarship at New Mexico State in basketball and baseball. He ain't no joke. They call him the buster. I'm not kidding. That joker, boy, he'd wear my butt out, boy. He hit me. One time he hit me on the back. I said, Dad, you just hit me on the back. He said, stand still. So I'm, hard. I'm bad at that moving target. That's what he told me. I said, how dare you say that? I heard. He said, boy, stand still. So whenever he says that, see, the temporary pressure of this moment creates our picture to get distorted. But faith keeps the bigger picture in, in, in sight. That's why in a culture we're in right now, you can't live without the word. You can't live without worship. You can't live without Jesus. You can't live without dependency on the Holy Spirit. And every day draw on him. I can tell you right now, my kids are sitting here in front of you. My wife's here. I'm not a perfect guy at all, but I can tell you this. I love the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to depend on the, on the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and I'm going to be in church because I can't make it without it because God's painting a picture that hopefully, hopefully, oh, man, i tell you what. I have this picture of that boy in that casket Friday. I'm praying. I said, God, you got to help us. You got to help his wife. Why some pictures are shorter than others? The other reason I'm here today to tell you is you can't take any minute for granted. Not one minute. Not one minute. Not one. Not one minute with our kids, not one minute with your spouse, not one minute with your parents, not one minute at your job, not one minute at your church, because it changes so fast. You can't, you can't, you can't afford to take a break on Jesus. Some folks just want to take a break, do what they want to for a little while. My God. Well, I'm, and listen, I believe in the security of the believer. I believe strongly in that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't going to take a chance. 
Right. I'm not gonna go ahead. Well, I'm just gonna have. I'm just gonna go sin a while, and it'll just be all right. I'm just gonna go do it, boy. I'm gonna tell you what. Now, you don't know. Some crazy person hit you in the side of the car. God brings a redemption to that. Hebrews 11:6 says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please Him." For he who comes to God must believe that he, he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe the reason why faith, why it's impossible to God without faith is because faith paints pictures. Faith creates through God, through the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, faith gives you hope for tomorrow that it's different than today. Faith gives you hope for a better day. Faith gives you hope for a better life. Faith gives you direction for what to work for. That picture, somebody had faith, and that picture was painted because somebody saw something that they believe was going to be on a piece of land that right now is nothing but grass. See, the picture comes through faith. Sometimes we have to see a different picture to get to a different place. And maybe the reason why I'm here tonight is because all you've been looking at is through the broken parts of your life instead of seeing through faith that God can take your broken places and make them a picture of grace for somebody that's broken. Maybe it's because some of you don't really think you have any broken places and you've been walking like I did for many years thinking that I was successful, thinking I had it all together and thinking my picture was this perfect picture that everybody could look at. And I found out real quick that people aren't looking for perfection, they're looking for authenticity. Because I was broken even though I looked like this. I was walking in a picture that I had approval-based living in that created this picture that wasn't true because here I was dying. Once I opened up about the areas I was dying in, then all of a sudden healing came and I found out there are others that had those same broken spots. And it opens a whole different realm of the ability to serve and love people. That's what I love about Terry and Sam Allen are really good friends of Christy and I and Jim and Angela. And they're here tonight, and they are wonderful friends of us. And their ministry to pastors is that very thing. Listen, Terry gets on there and said, all right, God, now we'll laugh our heads off tomorrow morning for about 30 minutes. Just everybody just yak, Alabama dog and Tennessee guys and cowboy fans getting abused by somebody else because cowboys always are... You know, they, they just set them up to disappoint, all that kind of stuff. So they're just going on and on and on and on and on. And then we have somebody that speaks. And then Terry at the end said, now it's time to get real. Y'all know Terry Allen? Boy, let me tell you something. He'll tell you right now, it's time to get real. He get, and then he get, when he gets that face going, he kind of gets this look. His, his teeth, his lip goes up and his teeth shows like this. That means... He's gotten real with me a few times. I was griping to him on the phone one time. Now listen, this is how you create a picture of faith, and I'm closing. It's one time I was I'm moaning and belly aching about Bowling Green. I was just going downhill. 
You know what he had the nerve to tell me? Well, Dave, maybe if you'll get all in, your church would get all in. Can somebody drop that mic? So I did, and they did. Wound up finding a building, rehabbing a building. The church blessed the church, turned it over to a young couple, and, and God has been faithful in that. But, but you have to have people like that in your life that help bring the pieces of your life together because God uses that. He uses us to help us as we depend on the Lord. He creates a picture of broken that actually is a picture of him. And what we do, we try to put all of our stuff together so it makes us look better. We go get us a marketing guy, gal, tell them a little bit of our story so they can, our pastor out in West Texas just absolutely gives fits to people about filters on Facebook. He said, I think y'all look one way, and the first time I see you, I said, oh, my God, they need their filter, right? And then he gets them because out there, those, those gals wear these big old eyelashes. And he said, if y'all ever lose one of your eyelashes, all you're going to do is go around in circles. You're just going to be out there like a fan. Just go, it's funny, man. He just wears it out. What he's talking about is how we try to paint a picture for people instead of just being real and giving the parts of us that the Lord needs so the Lord can take it, so that the picture that people see is Jesus, not you. That's a mosaic of faith. A mosaic of faith is where we've given it to the Lord, and Jesus comes in and takes what we give him and surrender to him and brings that picture of who he is in us. It's the same way with the church. The church really is a mosaic of people that God's brought together that are so different. And it paints a picture to a world out here that says this church is a mosaic of the love and the grace of God. And we want you to see Jesus here. That's my prayer for this church.